calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Madigan, and you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, a podcast that explores the world through a personal feminist perspective. Hello, 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 everyone. How are we doing today? If you are listening to me on a Thursday evening on Patreon, I hope you're looking forward to your Friday. If you're listening to me on a Friday when this episode comes out on the main feed, I hope you're looking forward to the weekend. And if you're listening to me on the weekend, I hope you're relaxing and enjoying yourself and taking a little bit of time to just relax. I think that's something that is really, really hard for me lately. And because I don't have a lot of free time, I don't always have a lot of hobbies or TV shows or things like that that are set up for me, except for I I have been crocheting a lot more lately as a way to, I think, kind of step me out of my anxious work mindset (laughs) and things like that, which has been really helpful. But I'm discovering that it's really hard for me to turn my mind off to really take some good deep breaths and relish in some of that relaxation time. It's really easy for me to feel guilty about doing something that isn't work-related because even a lot of times my leisure activities have something to do with work in some way, especially now that I have the book club on Patreon. My leisurely reading time is now strictly books that I read for that. I don't really have time to read books for fun anymore. I do listen to audiobooks in the car, though, so that's been the one way that I have been able to keep up with regular books and not just ones that I'm doing for the show. But it's been really, really tough because I've had to spend so much of my time and focus so much of my energy on those things for the past year or so. It's taken up a lot more time than the show has in the past. And of course, you all know that I'm working on another show now, which takes up a lot of time and energy as well. And I love it so stinking much. I really do. But I need to find some hobbies outside of my work and learn to relax a little bit better. And I also need to continue to work on going a little bit easier on myself and not putting so much pressure on myself all the time to constantly be 
working. We just have this terrible hustle culture that is going on all over the world, but I live in the U.S. and I see it so prominently here, and especially living in Los Angeles. It's so expensive to live here, and so many people want to make money in something to do with the arts, no matter what part of you know the arts industry that is. So people typically have to work more than one job in order to make enough money, and people have side hustles where they turn their hobbies into money-making opportunities. People are spending more and more time on social media, creating content to hopefully make money off of that. It just seems like nothing is for fun anymore. Everything has to be a money-making opportunity. And for myself, I blame my mother because literally anything that I do, my mom is like, how much money can you make doing that? And I'm like, mom, (laughs) I know we both think about money a lot, but can we not think about money right now? Oh, it's terrible. But that's just the world that we're living in as everything is getting more and more expensive and money is really only being put towards certain groups of people. It is, it's quite hard. (laughs) And I think it's really taking a huge effect on our psyche and the way that we view our lives. I've noticed about myself since I've, you know, fully gone back to work and everything after the pandemic that I have to give myself a bit of a pep talk in the morning of like, okay, we have another day. It might be frustrating and irritating, but we got to get up and we got to do it. And it's just like harder to get out of bed in the morning. I don't know. It's, it's tough. There's always just so much to do and so little hours in the day. With all of that little mumble jumble that I just did, I was thinking that I'm actually going to start a little advice section for the feminist faves on Patreon. I think that would be a fun little continuous bonus that I could give all of the feminist faves. So if you are going through any stress regarding, you know, work, schoolwork, anything like that, and you want to get my advice on it, or if there's literally anything else in your life that you want my take on, and you are part of the Patreon, please go ahead and DM me or send me an email or comment on the Patreon. To find me on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash angryneighborhoodfeminist. And to get access to a Madigan advice column, give me ideas for a name, by the way, too. I've been kind of ruminating about that, and I can't think of a fun name for like a Madigan's advice column section or whatever. So please, give me your ideas. But that will be available only in the Feminist Faves level, which is at the $8 level. I keep fucking up and saying $7. I'm so sorry. My brain wants it to be 7 but it's 8 But if you don't feel like the Feminist Faves level is right for you, you can also join the Angry Feminist Book Club at the $5 level. And with that, you get two episodes each month covering whatever book was chosen for the month. And I just released a new episode on Wednesday where I covered the first six chapters of The Feminine Mystique by Betty Friedan. And in a little under two weeks now, so 
two Wednesdays from then, (laughs) you will be receiving the second episode covering the feminine mystique. I have gotten some great suggestions for October's book. I've pretty much got the rest of the year figured out, I think, but I'm going to do a little bit more research into the books that were suggested to me for October and let you all know what the decision is on that very, very soon. I also, also, also wanted to let you know that I've been working on building a website. It's just taking me forever because I hate how everything looks all the time. I'm just really judgy with it. But I wanted to work on a place where you could easily access all of my social media. You could easily access Patreon, and all of that fun stuff. So stay tuned for that. I really do also want to make an area of the website where you can send in suggestions for books or send in your your thoughts and comments that you have on the books that we're covering and things like that. I really do want to make it nice and interactive. And I'm sure all of you are already aware, but just in case there are some listeners that haven't been listening lately, I have a new show out that I've co-produced called Still Learning with my friend India Oxenberg. I highly recommend giving it a listen. There's one episode out right now. Episode two will be out as soon as humanly possible. We are just having to sit and wait to release it for a little bit longer, but definitely go and check out Still Learning wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow Still Learning the podcast on Instagram for any updates, more information, and lots of cute videos being uploaded to the stories all the time. Thanks to India. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. All right. That is all of my blubbering for the beginning. I really needed to talk about something else before I got into today's topic because the rage train is on, baby. Choo-choo. Last week, I discussed the sentencing of former actor and rapist Danny Masterson, who was sentenced to 30 years to life in prison for a sexual assault that occurred about 20 years ago. And unless you've been living under a rock, you've most likely seen Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher's letters to the judge sentencing Danny Masterson, along with their so-called apology video. So for context, Mila Ashton and Danny Masterson have known each other ever since they worked together on the TV series That 70s Show, which first came onto the air in 1998, and they have been incredibly close ever since. Their families have been very close, and that is something that is very obvious in their letters of support of this person. And I want to get into the letters and the video and what was said. For those of you who didn't want to read it or see the video, I, for one, didn't even get through the entire video the first time that I watched it, but I watched the entire thing in order to do this segment today. But I really, really tried to find a written transcript of the video instead of having to watch it because there's just something about watching people utter bullshit that makes me so 
mad. I'll get into the video soon. First, I want to get into the letters that they sent in to the judge. And I'm going to start with Ashton's. He describes Masterson as a role model of his and says that as a friend, he has been nothing but a positive influence on him. He writes, he's an extraordinarily honest and intentional human being. Over 25 years of friendship, I don't ever recall him lying to me. I have a lot of thoughts about this statement alone. First, I want to mention that Ashton uses the word extraordinary, extraordinarily, and other versions of that word quite a few times in his letter, and it's kind of strange. But the other thing that I'm mentioning here is that he's calling Masterson an intentional human being. So in my mind, that means that's somebody who thinks before they act and lets their better judgment typically take over. And in my experience (laughs) with men that I've known in my life who have assaulted women in the way that Danny Masterson has, they are not typically the most intentional in the most positive ways, at least toward their victims. But to the rest of the world, it isn't difficult for predators to put on a facade to the other people in their life, especially as a way to protect themselves. And I think especially being Danny Masterson, someone who is definitely in the public eye, I wonder if there was some very intentional behavior on his act to make sure he can protect himself from his other more violent behavior. And the fact that Ashton mentions that over their 25 years of friendship, he doesn't recall him ever lying to him, I feel like that's a really hard thing to confirm because typically you're not going to know if someone is lying to you unless you're caught and there's tons of white lies and lies and whatever that over 25 years, really, I'm trying to think of my friends that I've had for 15 plus years. And I can't think of anything specific, but I'm sure I've, you know, given a few lies here and there, especially when you're younger. You know what I mean? But the thing I think that Ashton is trying to convey here is that his friend is so upfront and honest with him and so intentional, he would tell me if he was a predator, right? I don't know. It's very narrow-minded. Ashton mentions that they've raised their daughters together and, quote, shared countless family memories. He goes on to write, Not only is he a good friend to me, I've witnessed him be a good friend to others and the kind of brother others would be lucky to have. Ashton mentions Masterson giving him positive peer pressure in regards to drugs and thanks him for setting an extraordinary standard around how you treat other people. And then underneath that, I just wrote, what? With question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point, times a thousand. Do you know what he's accused of doing? I I can't. I can't do this. Okay, deep breaths, Madigan. Then Ashton tells this story. There was an incident where we were at a pizza parlor and a belligerent man entered who was berating his girlfriend. We had never met or seen these people before, but Danny was the first person to jump to the defense of this girl. It was an incident he didn't have to get involved in, but proactively chose to because the way this man behaving was not right. So because he did the right thing in one instance means that he couldn't possibly hurt another person. I just don't think that people 
like to consider the fact that someone that they've seen in a positive light may actually do some really hurtful things. It's a very naive way of looking at people and humanity. Ashton ends the letter saying, I can honestly say no matter where we were or who we were with, I never saw my friend be anything other than the guy I have described. Ugh, anger, anger, anger. In January 2023, Ashton told Esquire that he wanted Masterson to be, quote, found innocent of the charges brought against him, but stressed that he didn't mean to let him off the hook entirely, but he said he hoped his friend's alleged behavior wasn't true. And that I understand. It's got to be really difficult to wrap your head around the fact that someone that you love and care about can do something so violent and terrible, but I'm not going to get into details, but I have an experience in my life where someone that I was really close to was involved in a friendship with someone where it had come forward that they had sexually assaulted someone else that we knew. And every single man that knew this person that was close to me totally dropped him as a friend and excommunicated him. And there was a lot of other complicated things in there, but there was also a lot of people that stood behind him and it's really really upsetting to have seen it firsthand and to see it happen to friends but I know it's something that some people are able to compartmentalize that I will just truly never understand. Ashton told Esquire I'm not the judge I'm not the jury I'm not the DA I'm not the victim and I'm not the accused and so in that case I don't have a space to comment I just don't know. Well, then don't comment. You've done a lot of commenting. I think staying quiet would have been wonderful for you. But thank you for showing us your true colors. It's really wonderful. Mila in her letter also mentions his positive influence against using drugs in an industry where the use is rampant. I do want to mention that Mila was cast on that 70s show when she was 13 turning 14. She had lied about her age in order to get on the show. And the rest of the cast were all adults at the time that the series began. And Mila was still a child for the first like six seasons. And looking back, there's a lot of behavior that seems to have gone on that was very inappropriate behind the scenes. And it's really upsetting. And people were very, very happy and excited, myself included, when Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher got together. But hearing in an interview this week, a story that Ashton is telling Rosie O'Donnell, you know, back in the late 90s, that he and Masterson had a bet that Ashton had to French kiss Mila. When they did a kissing scene, they were playing boyfriend and girlfriend. Mila would have only been 13 or 14 at the time, again, and she had never kissed anyone before. And Ashton, like, tried to go in with tongue and she like had to use her teeth to kind of block it. And Ashton is thinking this is a really cute story. Thankfully, Rosie O'Donnell is kind of like checking in on Mila being like, are you okay? Like, is this fine with you? And Mila is just kind of rolling with it. And honestly, I've been her. I've been in that place where maybe something happened to me where I felt really uncomfortable, especially if I'm in front of my friends or in front of people who are older than me, anyone that maybe I'm feeling intimidated by or want respect from, and they do something that is embarrassing or hurtful to me, I would rather shake it off 
around those people and act like it didn't bother me and be like the cool girl rather than make a big deal out of it and make things more complicated. So I totally understand her reactions to all of this is taking it like, oh, you know, whatever, boys will be boys kind of thing. Back to Mila's letter, she praises Masterson's skills as a husband and father and how he is like an older brother to her. She writes, as a father, he leads by example, instilling in her values that reflect integrity, compassion, and respect for others. Oh, really? Do you think his daughter, you know, 10 years from now when she's reading these articles about her father and seeing these videos is really going to think that he was showing her an example of integrity, compassion, and respect for others? Really? She finishes off saying, I wholeheartedly vouch for Danny Masterson's exceptional character and the tremendous positive influence he has had on me and the people around him. And unfortunately, there were other celebrities who wrote letters of endorsement for Masterson as well. Most disappointingly to me, Deborah Jo Rupp, who played Kitty on that 70s show and is an actress that has been in literally fucking everything as has Kurtwood Smith who played Red he is such an iconic actor both of these people are very well respected and highly regarded in the industry and it's really upsetting to see that they have come forward in support of Danny Masterson and I did want to make note of something really quick because I noticed that Topher Grace was not one of the people that came forward in support of Danny Masterson, and I can't go into any details, but I have I have been in a room with Topher Grace before, and we've talked briefly and had a little bit of a conversation, and he was such an engaging person to speak with, spoke with me like I mattered, even though I was a nanny in this situation, and was just super fucking cool. I had such a positive experience knowing him for a short time and knowing that he hasn't come forward with a letter of support really makes me happy because that would have been really, really disappointing for me. And Danny Masterson is from a family of actors. Every sibling that he has has been in some sort of big TV show. And all of his siblings wrote letters of support for Danny. His sister, Alana, is an actress from The Walking Dead, along with his brother Christopher, who worked on Malcolm in the Middle, and his other brother Jordan, who was on Last Man Standing. He's also brother-in-law with Billy Baldwin and his wife Bijou Phillips. They also wrote letters of support for Danny Masterson as well. In the sentencing hearing, the judge didn't go easy on Masterson. Thankfully, these letters from glittering celeb friends didn't help win him any favors. Judge Olmedo said, Mr. Masterson, you are not the victim here. Your actions 20 years ago took away another person's choice and voice. Your actions 20 years ago were criminal, and that's why you are here. Of course, the media and public lost their ever-loving minds when these letters were released and focused a lot of their anger and frustrations on Mila and Ashton, especially because the two claimed to do so much work toward combating child sex trafficking. In the video, Mila, in a very over-the-top serious tone, says, We support victims. We have done this historically through our work and will continue to do so in the future. Ashton said in the video that Masterson's family had reached out and asked them to write letters in support of the man who they had been friends with for 20 years in order to give the judge a whole picture of who their friend was. 
Mila stated that the letters were not written to question the legitimacy or validity of the jury's ruling. And then Ashton jumps in and says they were intended only for the judge to read, which I'm like, ooh, you're just pissed you got caught. (laughs) He also mentions that the letters were not intended to re-traumatize victims in any way. Well, too bad your intentions didn't come through. The about one minute long video is really, really bizarre. The two look like they just woke up and rolled out of bed. They look very disheveled, almost like two hostage victims making a plea video. And it seemed almost scripted and over the top, especially on Mila's end. Her acting chops were really not up to par that day. Ashton maybe looked a little bit more convincing, but the things that he said didn't fool me. Um, His tone of voice and what he was saying did not really match up. And like I mentioned, all of this seems really hypocritical to the image that this couple has worked so hard to portray over the years. From a People Magazine article in 2018, Ashton has a nonprofit called THORN, the Digital Defenders of Children, which assisted law enforcement in identifying 5,894 sex trafficking victims and rescued 103 children in 2017. Ashton has also testified in front of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee in February of 2017. But now that the letters and apology video became viral, people are digging more into Ashton and Masterson's creepy past. There's a video that's been going around this week of Ashton commenting on his show Punked from back in the day that Hillary Duff was one of those girls, along with the Olsen twins, that everyone was waiting for to turn 18. There was another video from an interview Danny Masterson did with Conan O'Brien in 2004 on Late Night, where he jokes that his friend does this impression of him saying, I am Danny Masterson, would you like to touch my balls? A confused Conan asks, so why are you asking people to do that? That's the more important question. Masterson replies, I mean, you got him, you know what I mean? Everybody should grab. Conan says after a pause, I've heard about you, and you'll be caught soon, I know you will. Without missing a beat, Masterson says, I will. And the audience erupts in laughter, thinking it was part of the joke. Like my friend Bodie Elfman, he always teases me and he says, Hi, my name is Danny Masterson. Would you like to touch my balls? <laughs> you know, doing no. an imitation of me. Because certain so words why you just are you can't asking people away. to do that? That's the more important question. I mean, you got them. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know what I mean? Accent aside. Everybody should grab. That's the more important thing. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I've heard about you, uh, and you'll be caught soon. I know you will. I will. Uh, It's also upsetting. I think that there is a false belief that after the Me Too movement that there has been a lot of change in the way that we look at and prosecute sexual assaults. I'm so thankful that this judge was not swayed by the glitz and glamour of Hollywood or anything like that and really set a strong precedent for future cases that are going to be similar in sentencing Masterson with such a harsh sentence. He actually won't be eligible for parole until he is 77 years old, which, oh, it just makes me so, so happy. But it also makes me think of all of the people out there who do not get this type of justice, who are unable to even report, or who are going through something like this right now and who are scared to come forward and they're seeing these examples of people that they look up to who are belittling victims. I hate to think of what that does to a person who is doing their best to survive an assault. 
and for people who are trying to get their own justice as well. If you or anyone you know have been suffering with sexual assault, please go to RAIN.org. That's R-A-I-N-N.org. And you can chat online with someone there. And you can also call their hotline at 1-800-656-4673. If you are experiencing any suicidal thoughts or ideations, please dial 988 for assistance. Know that there is help out there and that there are many, many people out there who do believe victims and that want to fight to continue to see stronger repercussions against these criminals and these predators. All right, that was a long and rambling one-topic mini-episode, but I felt like it was really important for me to focus a lot of my attention on that. Jess, I promise you I am going to cover the topic that you sent me next week. This is two weeks now that I've forgotten to cover it because I've been so distracted by another news topic or something, but I appreciate you for sending that to me, and I'm definitely going to be covering it next week. And for all of the rest of you, if there's ever anything that you want me to talk about in these news segments, please feel free to reach out to me and fill me in on it. You can email me at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at angryneighborhoodfeminist. Don't forget to check me out on Patreon if you want to give a little extra support and get a little extra content. You can join the Angry Feminist Book Club for $5 a month or join the Feminist Faves level for $8 a month. Be sure to check out the new episode covering The Feminine Mystique by Betty Friedan on Patreon. And let me know if I should start this advice column too. And last but not least, if you love the show and you think others would too, go ahead and rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I would especially love a review on Apple Podcasts where you can leave a short little sentence about why you enjoy the show to hopefully encourage others to press play. All right, that's everything I have for you today. Sending all of the love, sending all of the love and a great big hug to all of you. With all of that being said, I encourage you to rage on. Bye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.